I love helpful apps. And Newsly is an audio app for iOS and Android that picks up web articles about the most trending topics at any given moment and reads them to you. How fabulous. For the first time in history of the internet, the web becomes listenable. Browse articles from topics you choose and start playing. And there are podcasts as well. Explore trending podcasts from over 40 countries. My show, Food is Culture, podcast is there too. Download and use Newsly for free. Go to www.newsly.me for more information. And using promo code f 0 D2021, as in food 2021, receive a one month free premium subscription to Newsly.me. Link and code in the show notes, of course. Newsly, stop scrolling, start listening. Hi, I'm Billy Buttery, and this is Food is Culture, a podcast. Today's guest is a cornucopia of information, a true full wellness advocate, and is passionate about root cause medicine. Sarah Murphy is a certified nutritional practitioner and a clinical herbalist with an extensive background. She has studied many healing modalities, including traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, toxicology and detoxification, environmental medicine, mind-body work, trauma healing, and the polyvagal theory. We touched on a lot of this in this episode, and she has some absolute fantastic steps you can start taking immediately to improve your overall health. This is a must-listen. I had so many aha moments speaking with her today. Sarah and I have known each other socially for over a decade, but have never really chatted like this before. I love sitting down with her and getting to know more about her and how she's helping her clients uncover their healthy, vibrant people they are. It was so nice to connect with someone who had a similar experience to me growing up, and we talk a little bit about culture. I hope you'll enjoy this episode. Cheers. Sarah, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be on here and so nice to reconnect with you after all these years. Totally. And I feel like we've never really, I've never got to ask you all these questions. So I'm so excited to hear about your childhood and hear more about what you're doing now. Yes. Um, honestly, there's just so much. So looking forward to getting into, into it. Yes. Well, we sort of touched on this, but, um, and I know it's a little bit triggering for us white girls, (laughs) but how do you define your cultural background? Yeah. uh, So I know me and you were talking earlier um, about this and um, I basically am saying that I'm super white. So when it comes to my culture, um, there is not much. I mean, I'm not, I'm very Canadian, um, very, very basic when that comes to sense. But I mean, I guess I would say like I grew up in a family of um, hippies. Um, I'm from Toronto. Uh, We had like our own little culture in that um, you know, a lot of, um, there wasn't even a religion in how I grew up. Um, we basically grew up with a bunch of people who were, um, you know, into the health foods and into, um, just growing your own gardens and, um, yeah, just, just the, just a hippie approach to, you know, um, there wasn't even, you know, we have to eat at the dinner table for dinners. Um, my parents were very laid back, um, very, very laid back. So, I mean, I would say like in terms of culturally, I would just say that hippie feeling of, um, yeah, not many rules, not many, um, yeah, it's very Canadian. Mm-hmm. Well, and, um, I think more common now, but when we were kids growing up, it was so rare to be Torontonian, like born and raised in Toronto, yeah. Yeah. which is its own little culture. I think that people sort of forget, you know, 
Yeah. I mean, I felt that. I mean, I was just telling you before I kind of froze up on that question in terms of culture. Cause I was like, Oh my God, like I don't even have a culture. Like, of course, you know, like my dad's dad was from, um, it, he was Israeli. So, I mean, I, I told you, I don't have a religion, but I guess like there's a little bit of that culture that kind of got brought in. Um, we would, um, have like Shabbat dinners on Friday nights, but like any religion or anything wasn't even brought in the mix. I guess it was like some foods, some Israeli foods. Um, but I guess, yeah, that's where we were at with any type of culture in my family. Was there ever talk of like spirituality or anything when you were a kid? Uh, so I grew up like just very spiritual. I mean, my parents, so my mom's Christian, my dad is Jewish, but we kind of took the religion out of growing up. Um, I celebrated both holidays, but then my parents weren't religious at all. And I guess the holidays were just about like gifts and, um, also my parents had these gurus that they followed. So very, very hippie. They would follow these gurus. My parents were part of like all these, um, uh, like yoga groups and all of that. So purely spiritual. And there was not much religion going on there. It was just pure spirituality. I love that. Well, my parents are definitely hippies as well. And (laughs) yeah. And there was definitely, um, you know, say please and thank you be nice to your neighbor, you know, there is a force bigger than us, but you know, we celebrate Christmas, but it's not really about, um, it's not about Jesus's birthday. It's about being together and breaking bread and, um, you know, a few gifts under the tree and the magic of Santa, you know, it wasn't necessarily, um, let's go to church every Sunday and, uh, no, exactly. you know, follow all the commandments. <laughs> exactly. It was kind of just like, there's like a higher power there, but it wasn't just looking up to a certain religion. It was just like ha- feeling that in yourself, you know? Mm-hmm, totally. Yeah. Um, what is your first memory of food? Uh, okay. So, I mean, uh, growing up in a hippie family, we, um, also just a little background on my family. My dad actually opened one of the first health food stores in Toronto. So my parents were like the first of the first, like providing health foods to other people. Um, so I come from the background of just all organic, all everything natural. Um, so my, my memories of food are that I was, I guess I felt a little deprived as a child because my parents, um, I don't know. I looked up to my, you know, to, to my peers around me, my friends around me. And I, I knew that like my family was different from others in the sense that everyone was being served like traditional, um, you know, the cereals that were all the kids cereals and the Dunkaroos and all that kind of stuff. And I guess for me, it was, I was just, blown away how everything for me was on the natural side. Like the treats were snacks. Uh, they were all, you know, fruit, everything coming from nature and everyone around me didn't have that. So I would say my first memories just of food though, like when I was younger was realizing that I was, I ate differently from people. And I think that like, was like ingrained in me that I, I, I don't know, I stuck out and not many, not many kids were like me. Mm-hmm. So that is like something how that even shaped me in terms of like how I viewed food, like growing up as in like, I I felt that um, as a child, I was deprived, which is like, so, I mean, that shaped like how I even am today is, you know, as I grew up realizing that, like, I guess I like went to comfort to like emotionally eat food for comfort because that is where I got the comfort from. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know. There's a, there's a, I grew up. Yeah. Everything was natural. I was like an outsider. So like my memories of food were just like, yes, my parents fed me the most, you know, all homemade, all organic, all natural. But I think as a child, I looked at that as uh, that I was being deprived. Cause I just like compared myself to like other people around me. Totally. And I think that in elementary school, there's so much pressure, right? Like, yes. And I would throw out my lunches because, and, and get everyone to share lunches with me because I was that child who, um, just was like, why are my parents feeding me an avocado sandwich when everyone else is getting like pizza? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. it's, it's so funny. I mean, we only met maybe like 10 or 12 years ago. Um, yeah. <laughs> which seems a long time ago, but my mom has been shopping at Noah's since it's opened, right? So, like, it's it's so funny how, like, we, you know, we didn't really know each other before that because I had such a similar experience. And, like, our treat um, growing up was, like, yeah. dark cacao nibs. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Or even the, the, the other chocolate, what was it? It was like this fake, oh, I totally forget what it was called, but it was just like all the, all this, yeah, coming from nature, right? All the mm-hmm. natural stuff. And I mean, today I appreciate that, but as a child, it's, I don't know, it's hard to look at that being like, if you see other people eating differently from you, you know? Mm-hmm, totally. And I, I sort of blocked out all my my school lunches from when I was a kid because yeah. I remember being embarrassed and throwing my lunch out and not eating yeah. Yeah. Um, or like, you know, what did you have for breakfast? Oh, cereal and milk. And like milk, we never had a oh, like, no. cow's milk in our house. No chance. Like, Oh my God. That's, that's so funny <laughs> how you grew up the same though. Yeah. 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 Like almond breeze. It was yes people like even yeah like you know it was the outsider and you don't understand as a child though that it's like you know you're the healthiest child because your parents are taking care of you but you just look at it as if you're being deprived from you know all the snacks because back then I just remember you know fruit by the foot and all those snacks and I was like why why yeah I just mm-hmm. thought it wasn't fair when I first moved out, just like a funny little side story, when I yeah. first moved out on like my, you know, my Fort York and Bremner little condo, yeah. um, my mom came over a couple days after I'd moved in and I was literally sitting there eating Lucky Charms with oh cow's milk and like a yeah. big glass of chocolate milk. And my mom was like, what are you eating? I was like, listen, mama, yeah. this is my house now. <laughs> yeah. Now it's on my rules. I can do whatever the hell I want. Because yeah. I had only ever had it at like friends' houses or like my cousin's house. Like it was never, that was, that would never be a thing in our house growing yeah. up. Yeah. And I, I honestly found for me, it was like, that was like my, it was like forbidden. So it was like sneaking that food. Right. And that mm-hmm. might've even influenced like some eating patterns, like as I got older, like as a teenager that like. I mean, I would say like, like I never had an eating disorder, but it was like that forbidden food that was instilled in me as like a child, mm-hmm. you know? So it was, yeah, it was, it's just crazy how like, as like the way you are as a child, you know, even though obviously our parents, like that was the best thing that they could have done for us. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, for me, I took it as in, like I was being deprived of things and yeah, it's just yeah. it's crazy how we're shaped as as children, right? Totally, and it's like the social norms of the time. Whereas yeah. now, like my son asks for almond milk, like to him, yeah. it's totally normal. Like yeah. you know, if you have like, and obviously not now, we are not having friends over all the time. Yeah. But you know, a couple of years ago, if I had a girlfriend over for coffee, and I'm like, okay, do you want cream milk, almond milk, or oat milk? And that's like just what I had in my fridge, you know. Yeah. Like now, it's just so so much more common because we for know sure. better and we're doing better and. Yeah those are the foods that we want to feed our kid. But back then in the early nineties, like that was, it was shocking. 
you know, it was shocking. And there was that group of people, but it was a very small group of people. And I mean, yes, I was the only child where I was the, I, I felt alone, right? Like mm-hmm. there wasn't, and today, yeah, you look at all the children and the parents obviously know better and everyone is on the health train because everyone knows better. Mm-hmm. Totally. Like um, I remember being quinoa to school and like yeah. not knowing, like that's crazy. Pronounce it. <laughs> yeah. Like me too. You are literally my childhood. Like that's exactly what I went through. I, I wish we had each other when we were kids. I know. I know. <laughs> Anyways. So yeah. is, was there, but looking back, was there like a favorite dish from your childhood that you were like, okay, I love this yeah. dish. Okay. So a favorite dish would definitely be, um, obviously I mentioned to you that on Friday nights we would celebrate, I guess like Shabbat dinners at my, um, dad's parents' house, like my grandparents' house. Mm-hmm. And that was the night that we got to eat like not our normal food. So obviously it was like, you know, not so healthy. And my favorite, my favorite thing ever was, um, my grandmother used to make this, um, strawberry, um, angel food cake. Mm. And it was like, just like, you know, like the real whipped cream and the most, and like the thickest cake. And I, she would make that every single Friday. And I just remember as a child that I looked forward to that Friday night. Cause my, my dad would let me have that. That was like my one thing of the week that he didn't want to get my grandmother angry by saying no. So like he let us have that. And like still today, like she's passed away, but like I have her recipe and like, I still make that recipe. And it's like my one memory of just the most delicious thing I've ever eaten. So delicious. Oh, that sounds amazing. I love angel yeah. food cakes. So, yeah. but that's so sweet. Yeah. Um, growing up who cooked mostly in your house? Um, okay. So my parents, um, as when I was two, my parents got divorced. So I was back and forth with my mom and dad. And my dad was like that bachelor guy who like, yes, he was into the health foods, but he had no idea how to cook. (laughs) So my dad would feed us literally, we'd have like quinoa pasta with tomato sauce and like slices of cucumber every meal. That was literally all my dad knew how to cook. (laughs) And my mom was the cook. So my mom would send food over to his house to like feed us, but she was the one who was like the main cook. And she made everything from scratch, like so many good soups and yeah, just like amazing food she would cook. That's awesome. And do you enjoy cooking now? So I do enjoy cooking. And, but the thing is, is I enjoy cooking for other people. And I mean, obviously this year there's been, there's not been much socialization. So it's hard to cook just for one person and like enjoy that cooking. So I love having people over and entertaining people and planning a meal. But when it comes to like myself, I'm very, very basic with what I just cook just just alone because I'm just cooking for one person. Right. So I basically cook, like I prepare something on a Sunday and I'll eat like the same thing for like three days and then I'll just make a bunch of other food the next, but I do cook. It's just harder just for me. Uh, totally. I, yeah. I've never really enjoyed cooking. I mean, now I do because yeah. it's so rare that I cook just for myself. But yeah. when I was living alone, I, it's it's not the same, right? You no, just, because you're you're just trying to feed your hunger. Like you're eating over yeah. the sink. You're not sitting down to a nice meal, right? Totally. Yeah. Or sitting. Like for, for me, my guilty pleasure is definitely like Reese's, um, not Reese's, um, craft peanut butter with like premium plus crackers, like oh, shoved my into my God. face while I'm watching like, like Real Housewives. Oh my God. <laughs> not craft peanut butter to me because I, I've totally weed myself off the sugar peanut butter, but peanut butter in general, I like it's, that's my, if I have that in my fridge, I can eat half a jar in like one night. So Mm -hmm. having peanut butter around me is like dangerous. 
So I stay away from that, but that's definitely like, honestly, like on a Friday night, if I'm like trying to treat myself, like I will go to the store and actually like one of my favorite foods to eat like now as a snack is I just do like uh, granny Smith green apples and peanut butter. And so like that salt and like, I, and I can, I'll literally eat and sit down and eat. Like I could eat like three apples with like peanut butter, all like it's my favorite snack, like healthy snack, but also not healthy because I'm eating half the jar of peanut butter. <laughs> that sounds so good. My mouth is watering. I, I haven't had yeah. a Granny Smith apple in forever because my kids don't like them. So I don't buy oh. them, of course. But now I'm like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to go to the grocery store yeah, and pick them up. So yes. Good. Yeah. Mm, yummy. Okay. Well, we kind of already talked about this a little bit, but um, be from a young age, it was pretty clear to you what was considered healthy and maybe not healthy when you Mm. went over to your friends' houses. Was there ever, like, did your parents ever say, you know, maybe you shouldn't be eating that when you go over to your friends' houses? Or was there um, ever talk about, like, okay, make healthy choices when you go out or anything? Um, Yeah, I mean, I think that the way my parents approached um, eating healthy probably wasn't so healthy to me as a child because they basically demonized bad food. So there was no medium ground when it came to, you know, you can eat this at your friend's house, but, but, you know, it was like, my dad was like, so against it. And he made it like, you know, he would get angry if I would eat that kind of stuff. So that's where like that whole, like when it came to me, like eating bad food at my friend's house was like the secret thing, because like, I really couldn't tell my parents because they were so against it. Mm-hmm. Like my dad used to say to me, like sugar is the devil. <laughs> oh my God, same. <laughs> yes. yes. So, you know, that kind of instilled like not so healthy eating patterns in me. Cause it was like, well, you think you, you're telling me I can't do this. I'm going to go to my friend's house and eat as much as I can, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, I mean, they, they could have approached it better. I mean, going forward, I'm like, when I'm a parent, I will never be like that because I want my children to have a common ground and understand nutrition, why we're eating that way versus just being like, that's the devil and like not making me really understand, you know? Totally. And I think showing how we ended up being with parents that were so one way, mm-hmm. we knew what we did in secret, which was, yeah. you know... Yeah gouge ourselves and like um like gouge as gouges word I don't know. Yeah that's gorge okay. gorge. That's <laughs> gorge okay. ourselves. I get it. I got it. Okay. Gorge, <laughs> gorge. And probably eat out, out of like, you know, eat our emotions and mm-hmm. that would be that comfort to us. And you know when this when you put when when something becomes forbidden, you it makes you want it that much more. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like you know even in my like how I eat with myself today when I'm too strict with how I eat it only like makes me want to binge eat at, at another time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've obviously learned from like where I was as a child and like growing up and how, you know, the way I treated food and understanding that like being strict and being too on one side of, you know, eating healthy is actually not a good, comp- it's, it's not the way to go. So I've had to learn, um, definitely a le- learning experience, but like, obviously there's, meeting in the middle and, you know, eating to feel well and understand it, how, how eating affects you on like the cellular level versus, you know, I guess like growing up, it was like food. You looked at it as, as like, will this make me fat? Will this make me skinny type deal? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? And that's like also like such a learning curve, like, especially, you know, for females who are just looking out for, you know, their weight and, and a healthy relationship with food and, Yeah, Mm -hmm. it shapes you as a child. Like, I can say that. 
Totally. And um, I definitely feel like I remember the shift, like sometime in high school when it was like, okay, I mm. can't sneak all this McDonald's on yeah. the side and then come home and have like this healthy dinner and like my pants still fit the next day. So it yeah. was definitely like, okay, there needs to be some sort of balance. And I've never really, like I'm working on it now as yeah. an adult. <laughs> yeah. Listen, we're all working on ourselves yeah. even today. Like it's, uh, life is learning experience, right? We're all, we're all still working on it. So Mm-hmm. And yeah. and the whole like all or nothing, like it's like, okay, I'm only going to eat so clean and I'm not exactly. going to even have a little exactly. nibble. But then you pay for it later because you're then you're like, okay, I like I need a chocolate bar. And instead of just having like one bite, you eat the whole thing. Oh, yeah. But the all or nothing thing is not good. Like the mm-hmm. person who restricts themselves with the foods that they eat versus saying, okay, I'll have that cupcake here or I'll have that cookie here. Like that, you know, when you restrict, you only binge and that, you know, you have to learn the hard way to realize that like restriction is not the way, a healthy way to eat. Totally. Well, and when, so obviously I want to talk about what you're doing now. So when, when did you sort of start, cause you've always worked at, at the, at Noah's growing up, but when did you start sort of saying like, okay, I need to maybe start making more changes and I want to start studying this more. So, um, in university, well, I went to university to become, uh, I went to Western to become, um, a nutritionist. And then I ended up going to, cause I knew I wanted to get into the family business. So I was like, okay, I just need to go to school and like get something in food and nutrition or something. Um, then as seeing the program at Western, I actually, um, realized that becoming a dietitian wasn't for me. I hated the curriculum. It was very by the government food pyramid, Um, it wasn't very holistic at all. Um, so I actually switched programs. So I switched schools. Um, I ended up going to, um, a Canadian school of natural nutrition to become a holistic nutritionist. Uh, once I did that, I started working for my family company. So I really didn't use like my degree that I got at that school. Um, but I was always taking clients on the side and obviously like working at my family business every single day, I was talking to people about health issues. So, um, I realized I kind of want to get more full-time with my clients. And we actually sold our, we sold Noah's. Oh, yeah. So so we sold, we actually sold Noah's about a year ago. Um, And so that, so that was my, okay. I like, you know, my freak out moment of being like, okay, I thought that was the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. But I guess this isn't the end of the world. And, you know, what is my knowledge where I'm at? And, you know, like I was, I, ha- you know, I had my nutrition degree. I actually went back to school um, while I was at Noah's because I was really interested in becoming a clinical herbalist. Cause like I love herbs and I started to want to make my own herbal tincture. So I went to school again um, to, to become a clinical herbalist. And so when we sold Noah's, I had like those two things under me and I'm like, okay, I can do this full time. So during the pandemic, all I've been doing is growing my business and um, getting more clients, trying to get online, trying to get group programs going and realize, you know, I have all that knowledge. I just need to like get myself up there. And I, you know, like it's a, I, it's a learning process for me. I, yes, I'm taking full-time clients. I'm doing a lot of stuff, but I still don't even have my website up. So <laughs> I, you know, I'm getting all my stuff through Instagram and, you know, everyone is reaching out to me, but, um, I, I still have so much more to do. So, um, yeah, I, I I'm trying to get there, but, um, so now I'm doing this full-time. That's awesome. Well, and I think it's such a amazing sort of field and the whole area around it it's it 
sort of breeds the mentality to always be learning because there's always more you can learn, right? And there's so much deep diving you can do. And then you start to piece things together in your own life. And um, I mean, let's be real, like you have three decades of working at a of a health food store being around like an expert level yeah. you know, <laughs> natural yeah. health food atmosphere. So that all p- comes into play as well. Right. Yeah. I would just say, you know, yes, I, I, you, I live and breathe this, but I also um, have learned with my own health issues. Like I went through a lot of health issues um, in the last like five, six years, just a lot of like, you know, a lot of stress in my life, a lot of hormone imbalances, a lot of just weird things happening to me, a lot of gut issues And this was kind of just me being like detective Sherlock Holmes on myself because I went to doctor after doctor and I didn't get an answer for anything that I was going through. I got psoriasis all over my skin. I, all these weird things started happening to me and, um, yeah. So I just kind of started doing my own research and that is when I was just like, Hey, there's so much to learn. And there's also so much help that I can give other people that they're not getting in the mainstream, um, Western medicine. So that is like where my passion came in because, you know, the knowledge is, I have the knowledge now. And so many people would gain benefit from knowing the things that like, they're not going to learn from their standard doctor. Totally. And I love um, your whole sort of approach to root cause medicine. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, then again, it's like not going to even the supplements. Like I realized I was working in a store where even giving a supplement for a symptom, that's still not root cause. So I was like, how do you back up to say, you know, we're not deficient in a prescription drug. We're not deficient in a, in a supplement. So where did it come from? You know what I mean? You can't just add something onto something and think that that's going to fix where our rooted issues are and like that that drives me to like um, like I was talking to you about this before about um, how I got really into um, mind body um, mind body medicine which is where how our emotions and our stress and our like unresolved trauma actually is a very very big root to many people's chronic health issues mm-hmm. so if you've tried everything you've seen every doctor and you've been on every supplement and you're still not able to heal like where I'm going with my clients is understanding, you know, this underlying stress that they've been under or this suppressed emotion that they haven't dealt with. That's actually the root issue of their health concern. Um, and so I, you know, I, that's where I went with myself in terms of what happened with my, um, health. Like I went through a very, um, bad breakup. We dated for a very long time. And I just like, I guess I suppressed all my emotions and all my feelings and thought I was okay. And then my health like started to crumble Mm -hmm. and, but, 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 you know, the, the symptoms that came out of those, those emotions, that wasn't the root of it. The root of it was how, like, you know, you're actually really stressed and you never dealt with that. So like, how do you go back there? And like, that is like my passion of like people looking at unresolved trauma and like dealing with, you know, nervous system dysregulation and dealing with, um, you know, how to cope, you know, that anxiety that's like in our subconscious that's leading to, you know, your hormone imbalance, your, your stress hormones, your, all that kind of stuff, which is again, like getting to the root of the issue. So Totally. Yeah. And I've recently read, um, do you know, uh, Saw de Simone? Yeah. So I, I'm so obsessed with him. I love yeah. him. Um, yes. But he said something a few months ago and it just really resonated with me, which is emotion is motion. So yes. if, 
if you're not going to deal with that emotion, it's going to, that motion, that energy, that feeling is going to be so stagnant in your body that it's going to start erupting and causing other issues. If you're not going to actually have the tears or have the laughter or have the yells, it's going to, or have the dance or have the run or whatever it is, it's going to cause all these other issues. And that's the root, you know, the root of it is that traumatic event is that emotion. Yes. Honestly, I talk about that all the time, talking about how, um, like an emotion is actually, um, energy. So an energy takes on a physical form, So what that means is we can actually get stagnant in different, um, uh, you know, our cells and our um, different organs, um, they actually start to fail on us. Um, And if you look at um, Chinese medicine, which I studied also this, because I love Chinese medicine, that every organ is associated with different emotions and every organ holds different emotions. Mm -hmm. And um, like what, just for an example, which I find with a lot of my clients is, you know, anger and um, bitterness, which is held in the liver. And you'll find that someone who's like holding on to anger or holding on to something that they're like some sort of issue in their life that, that they're not dealing with they're I'll notice that they will start to have liver problems. Hmm. And, um, I just think it's fascinating how, um, how, how much emotion is connected to with our physical health. So, yeah. Um, as a side note and back to Toronto culture, you obviously had been, you've been to Chinatown and gotten the teas from like for your mom or your dad or whatever, right? (laughs) Oh, yes. If that I is li- that's that again yeah that's the culture like yeah oh my god that just brought me back so many memories I can like smell it now like yeah. you know all those teas and yes. my mom I don't even I couldn't even count I don't think of how many times I've had to drink those teas from yes. from the herbal and, I, and honestly just like what brings me back to even like the culture is like you know, like being brought up in like the hippie culture is like you know that smell of like an old like a a health food store, but that like that herb smell, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about when totally. they bring you into those stores and it was just like that, like musty herb smell. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know what store I totally just flashed on was the one on Young Street. And it was so cool though, because it was all wood and all these little tiny, tiny cubbies. It was like, it was St. John's or something. Or, okay. I don't know. And I, I had, probably know it yet. It had all of these like different tinctures and different, those little like white beads that you'd have yes. to hold under your tongue. <laughs> yes. Oh, so the homeopathic pellets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just totally, totally flashed on that. Um, and you spoke about the liver, but I really want to get into the gut brain connection that you've talked about before. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I'm big on um, educating my clients on the connection between our gut and our brain. And a major thing that people don't really understand is a lot of our um, mood issues and, um, um, you know, our anxiety and everything that we think has to do with our brains actually stems from what's going on in the gut. So we actually have a connection um, um, from our gut to our brain, and it's connected by something called our vagus nerve. And this nerve actually is like the biggest nerve in our body. And there's a bi-directional communication between what's going on in the gut and also what's going on in the brain. So what that means is when we are dealing with any type of gut issue, 
signals to the brain get cut off and they get skewed. Um, So just for an example with that, I mean, a major issue to bring up is the issue that our gut bacteria um, are responsible for making things like neurotransmitters and um, taming inflammation. And um, yeah, I mean, in terms of neurotransmitters, meaning that that our gut produces our serotonin and our dopamine and, you know, serotonin makes us feel happy. Dopamine makes us feel motivated. So if our gut is not working, we're going to feel that in our brain and we're going to be diagnosed with a mental health condition where really we have to look at what is going on in the gut because, it's all coming, it's all stemming from the gut. Mm -hmm. So even things, you know, brain fog. So um, things like, you know, everyone deals with brain fog here and there, but like understand that what, if you're, you have toxicity in the gut, all of a sudden you're going to feel that in the brain. So um, over toxicity, you're going to feel anxious. You're going to feel brain fog. You're going to, you feel like your memory is going away. And then that is all stemming just from dysbiosis and maybe infections or parasites that are happening in the gut, but then you're going to feel it in your mind. And this may be a silly question, but when you say gut, you mean like the stomach, like your yeah, stomach? So, the st- so okay. I mean, okay. So, I mean, it's a broad thing because I mean, in terms of microbiome, we have a microbiome throughout our entire body. We have a vaginal microbiome. We have a gut microbiome. We have a microbiome in our mouth, but like there are all these microbiomes are all connected and they're all filled with trillions of viruses. We actually have a virome in our body. People don't realize, you know, this year there's a whole fear of viruses, but people don't realize that we actually have a symbiotic relationship to viruses. We are made of billions of viruses. We are made of billions of bacteria. And um, that makes up all of our terrain. And our entire terrain communicates with each other. So, I mean, yes, in the gut, you're going to feel it in the brain, but even if your terrain, so your microbiome in your mouth is also connected to the microbiome in the gut. So when someone gets a lot of cavities or has a lot of mouth issues, that is stemmed from what's happening in the gut because they're connected. That's so interesting. Yeah. I mean, our, our bodies work all as, as a symphony and people just compartmentalize our bodies when they're actually all connected and everything has to do with the next part. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, in Western medicine, you know, you're sent to the gastroenterologist, you're sent to the mental health um, counselor, you're sent to the psychologist, you're sent, but it's, we don't realize that, you know, we don't work we don't work like that. And if you can't understand the body as a whole, then you're never going to get to the root issue because you have to understand the connection. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, and I just speaking of like the, the different um, bacteria and everything in your body as a, as a total side note, I was, when I saw my OB and we had been talking about when I was pregnant with my son, Mm -hmm. we were talking about um, like C-section versus vaginal birth. And, um, I gave birth vaginally, but she was saying, you know, if we have to do cesarean, but like obviously having vaginal birth is better. And I was like, oh, because of um, like recovery time, right? Was sort of like, just like, of course, why wouldn't, you know, why would would you want to get cut open if you didn't have to? And um, she said, I don't know if it was her, maybe the nurse had said, 
said that the baby actually re- uh, receives so much amazing bacteria. And I love your fauna. nurse. No nurse says this. Yeah. By Who's going- your nurse? Because they're <laughs> not amazing. educated. <laughs> well, yes. she said it goes like with the baby going through the vaginal canal, they receive all these different um, like flora and flora, but not flora and flora, but like in your body, I guess it was yeah. the microbes. Um, and they're actually... There's so many studies, and I think she said like John Hopkins or something is actually doing a study on how to reproduce that bacteria, that the good bacteria that the baby is actually receiving by going through the vaginal canal when they have a cesarean due to emergency cesarean or whatever reasons, because it's so beneficial to babies, especially like just coming into a hospital environment in this brand new you know, environment, they need that good bacteria um, all over them. Exactly. And we could see that right there, that sterilization leads to poor immune system and poor overall microbiome. So the way, so the more diverse microbiome you have, the more, the the better your immune system, the better you're able to cope in a world of germs and viruses and, you know, all of that. And the, the, the having a birth um, through the vagina is, is sets your child up for so their immune system sets your child up for, you know, there was so many studies on, um, you know, skin issues and asthma and, um, even, um, food allergies, just all based on how your child comes brought out in the world and how you coat your child with your bacteria. Mm -hmm. So it is, I mean, I love your nurse. So that Mm -hmm. is amazing. (laughs) Yeah. She, she was, she was so fantastic. I loved her. Even my GP, they're both very like, you know, no nonsense, but yeah. love the whole process and love babies and love pregnant ladies. And I felt so supported. Um, even, you know, some people say, oh, it was a hospital birth. Like it wasn't cold. And I didn't have that experience at all. I was so lucky that I had such a great, such a great nurse and such a great doctor that um, I felt. The hospital? Uh, Mount Sinai. Okay. Actually, yeah. I heard, I heard good things. Actually, I have some friends who had their babies there. So yeah, I loved my experience there. And, um, and you know, being an older nurse, um, you know, a little bit of that old wives tale too goes back to the bacteria. Like when you're a kid and you like lick the ground and eat sand, you know, old, like old grannies would be like, Oh, they need it for their immune system. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll tell you just about my childhood and like how I grew up. I mean, my parents, again, coming from the hippiest of hippie and I guess different from today of where we're in this culture, where like, protect yourself and, you know, hand sanitizer and don't go on the ground. Don't eat off the ground. I grew up in the, my parents literally throwing me in the grass and I'm like definitely eating bugs. Mm-hmm. Like it was literally, you know, knowing to say when you get dirty, that is how you build your immune system. So, I mean, I will say today though, that like, I'm so healthy. Like I have not even had like a flu. Sure. I went through a couple of health issues with my stress, but like in terms of like my immune system, um, you know, I definitely, the way I was grew up as my parents, just like, you know, just dirt everywhere. And it definitely shaped me in like where I am in my health today. Totally. Well, and just leaving the farmer's market and eating carrots out of the bushel and they still have dirt on them, but like, that's fine. It's minerals. Yeah. So I mean, there's this actually, this talk about soil. There's this doctor that I love and I've been like following him all year because he talks a lot about like the worldly issues that are going on. But um, he is this guy named Zach Bush and he's this amazing doctor who talks about how 
like the health of the planet has to do with the health of the soil. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, um, regenerative farming and um, getting, you know, quality soil, because now with the um, agricultural farming um, practices that we're dealing with today, we're stripped of all the nutrients that we once had. Like an apple today is 50 to 60% less nutrients than it was in the 1960s. Hmm. Wow. So, yeah. And that's actually this, but the food that we're eating is also, again, with all the agricultural practices um, and stripping our food and stripping our soils, we're seeing that in the state of our own microbiome and like the health of our immune systems and our health as a whole. So his whole um, theory is around to get back to like the health of the soil, because that is what builds us as humans talking about eating dirt. Yes. That's, that's how you build yourself up. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's crazy. Well, and, um, about that a little bit. I mean, maybe we'll, t- well I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. go back to that. I'll go back to that because I do have a question about, uh, about f- food and yeah. things like yeah. that. Um, but going back to the gut brain connection. So if a client comes to you, you can tell like, they're just so out of whack. What would yeah. be, what would you say? Like, okay, this is the first thing that we need to investigate. Would it be what past traumas they've had? Okay. So, I mean, out of whack, there's a lot that happens. So, I mean, in terms of how I work with my clients, a lot of the times there is, obviously I work on an emotional level and like I ask them about, you know, things that people don't want to talk about because we're so, everyone wants to suppress all their feelings. No one even wants to talk about them. I feel like that's like the world we're living in. It's so easy to distract ourselves from what's actually bothering us. So first I obviously get on a deeper level of like, when did this happen? And most of the time when these chronic issues happen, things, especially things like autoimmune, um, you know, I dealt with a lot of people with like Crohn's and colitis and, um, you know, thyroid um, disorders, and it all starts with a stressful event. Um, And, you know, someone, you know, someone went through this stress in their life and from then their health started to crumble. But we we have to understand is like stress suppresses your immune system, right? Mm -hmm. So the one thing that starts to happen once that happens is when your immune system suppressed, all of a sudden your um, number one, your detox abilities are suppressed. Your, your body stops being able to absorb nutrients that you're eating. Your stomach acid production goes down. So you stop um, actually digesting the foods that you're eating. So then with stress comes a gut issue. And then with a gut issue, all of a sudden you are prone to things like bacterial overgrowth and parasites. And from there, I have a huge thing about parasites because I find with all my um, chronic clients with chronic health issues, I always parasite cleanse them because whenever your digestion is suppressed or your stomach acid production is suppressed, we get parasites and our body gets overwhelmed with them. Uh And when that happens, all the body systems start to get messed up. So if you think about parasites, um, they cause a chronic low grade inflammation in the body. Uh, They also feed off of all our nutrients. So they start stealing our nutrients that produce our um, neurotransmitters. They um, eat up all our serotonin levels they, um, again, with the chronic inflammation, they start to, um, cause metabolic issues. We start to see insulin resistance. We start to see weight gain. We start to see mental health issues. Um, this is, doesn't just come with from parasites. This comes from anyone whose gut is disrupted. Mm -hmm. So, 
again, starting with the gut is always the place to go. Um, but I do start with talking on the emotional side because we can't heal any chronic health issue unless we get to where that started because, you know, I can deal with a client and give them the best protocol and the best diet and, I can talk to them about their issues, but if they don't want to do any, you know, inside searching of, you know, how do I actually deal with this? Your issues aren't going to go away because that chronic stress is going to affect your hormones in the long run and your digestion in the long run. And it's like a big root issue. Uh So dealing with stress and like, that's again, the trauma, because so many people don't even realize that they're suppressing something. Uh And then it runs in our subconscious and it's affecting our whole body system. So there's this amazing, um, he's a psychologist. um, His name is um, Dr. Gabor Mate. And he is someone, I don't know if any of your listeners want to look into him, but he looks at trauma and its association with disease. And um, he has many books out there that are amazing that just talk about like stress on the body system and, you know, even, you know, people dealing with cancer and there's always an emotional component to it. Uh Always. So I, I just think it's a huge, yeah. It's a huge, it's a huge thing that people should know. That's awesome. Well, and it goes totally back to the, like the root cause medicine. When you're, when you were talking about that, it's like when you have a plant growing in the cement and you just cut the plant, the plant's still growing, the roots are still growing. And if you don't pull it up from the root, all of those roots are going to start pushing up all the rest of the concrete and the rest of the tiles until you actually have to dig everything up and it becomes a bigger under the surface issue. You can tile over it as many times as you want, but if the thing is still growing underneath, it's going to affect everything. And that is where we're at with, you know, taking a some sort of drug, even, I mean, even, even a supplement times just to deal with the symptom. Uh Right. Because then it comes up somewhere else. Yeah. You know, like blood pressure medication or, you know, well, so many people are on blood pressure medication. So many people are on these medications that have become normalized, but what is the root? And if you suppress that, where, what's going to happen to you? Uh Uh So, yeah. Well, and Um, I have read so many times, like if you, you know, whatever you buy off in the counter at the, at the drugstore, it always says, do not take this for more than three days or seven days, because it could, if you're just suppressing the symptoms, it could be the cause of a larger issue and you need to see your doctor. And it is true because you can, if you have a headache every single day for a month, it's not just loud noise or bright light, or you didn't drink enough water. You need to get, there's something else there, right? But but it's been normalized just to look at something and say, well, that's fine. I'll just take that for it. You know what I mean? Like a headache or a stomach ache, especially gut issues have been normalized. Like the number of clients that come to me that just say I'm bloated all the time. And I just thought that was normal Uh or, you know, and it's not because it's just become normalized because every single, so many people are dealing with these issues and no one's, it's just normalized. Like a headache. Yeah. 
and the amount of people that I talk to that are like, oh yeah, I have IBS. And I'm like, well, did you like, a doc- did a doctor tell you that? Like, or like what? And they're like, oh no, I just, I always have stomach, stomach issues or I'm always bloated or I always am running to the bathroom as soon as I eat. And it's like, well, that doesn't like, yeah. I know me, like when I'm super stressed, I could say, yeah. yeah, I have IBS, but I don't actually have IBS. I'm just, I know that I'm stressed and I know that that's how my body reacts to food when I'm stressed. Um, but yeah. I think that it's, normal to be like, Oh, I just have this, or I just have that, or I just, you know what though, even IBS is just, uh, it's just a category of symptoms. Mm -hmm. Even saying you have IBS when the doctors say you have IBS, they, they don't even get to the root. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think it's, it's been normalized to just give yourself, you know, to feel like, Oh, this is my diagnose when, you know, even, you know, dermatitis, that's inflammation of the skin, but that's not telling you what you have or why you have the inflammation. Mm-hmm. You know, any type of itis, anything that has itis at the end just means inflammation, you know, colitis of the, like inflammation in the colon. Why do you have the inflammation in the colon? Mm-hmm. So that, that is, that is where my issue was when all these people were just like, they said I had this, but it's like, but there's also a million things behind that. And it's mm-hmm. not even just one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, and like back to it's all connected, right? Yeah. Well, and I know when I'm eating like super clean or I'm doing a multi-day cleanse or a juice cleanse or something, my mind feels so much sharper. And that's obviously goes to the gut brain connection. Yeah. I mean, with what I was saying, obviously, um, when toxicity builds up, we feel that in our mind and um, also um, overburdens the liver. And uh, we have to understand that our liver has to deal with so many processes. It actually is functions 500 processes in the body. And when we are overburdening ourselves with, you know, eating foods that aren't good for us or preservatives or any of that kind of stuff. All the wine every day. Yeah. I mean that too, (laughs) that, that when we are eating clean, that our mind feels clear and it's just because we have lowered the toxic burden in our stomach, in our, in our, in our body, not just stomach in our entire body, because our entire body has to process that. Right. Right. So that's exactly what's happening. Well, and I would want to ask you a couple of questions about weight, but I think that weight is so secondary, really, when you're talking about your mind, right? Like you need to get your mind right, which means you need to get your gut right and your liver right. And then, you know, your weight will come. So, I mean, in terms of weight, I know a lot of people, I mean, and still they think calories in, calories out, but that's actually not how it works. Um, Weight is dependent on so many things. Um, So when we, uh, so, so if you think about weight, so you think about your metabolism and then you think about your um, metabolism comes from your mitochondria, which are um, the energy producers in our cells. So if the mitochondria get damaged, our metabolism starts to slow down and we start to not be able to keep healthy weights with even watching our weight. So think about the things that damage our mitochondria and those things are toxins. Those things are, um, you know, bacteria that secrete toxins in our bodies. Those things are, um, you know, heavy metals. We're, We're exposed to heavy metals all the time. We have over a lot of us have way too many heavy metals in our system. Um, things like, um, what else? I mean, it's, it's over toxicity to the mitochondria. And that is why 
our metabolism starts to slow down. Um, but if you want to look at weight as a whole, it also has to do with uh, hormones. You know, um, a lot of us are insulin resistant and not just because, so here's also, um, something that I teach my clients on the daily. Um, you know, you think of insulin resistance and you think of the person who's eating sugar and complex ends, right. And, you know, white carbs all the time. And, you know, but we have to realize that insulin resistance can come from, let's say you have a gut infection, let's say you have parasites, okay? They're all causing inflammation and inflammation causes insulin resistance. Mm -hmm. So anything that causes inflammation in our body is going to cause us to hold on to weight because we are insulin resistant. Um, you know, so things like mold and yeast, when people have yeast overgrowth in the body, it will start to cause insulin resistance. So there, so it's, it's way more than understanding that, you know, I, I don't eat a lot. Um, why aren't I losing weight? Or, um, you know, someone who just bases it on calories in calories out. It's, mm-hmm. it's also, you know, we have to look at chemicals in because if we're eating, you know, chemically processed food, but we're only eating, let's say, you know, not so much during the day, that's still going to affect our hormones and in turn, not let us keep a healthy weight even though we're eating, you know, smaller amounts. Right. So it's not just about eating, you know, like baby size portion of 1200 calories a day. It's about what you're eating, what's going into your body. No, I mean, I I know a lot of people have that mentality where it's Mm -hmm. like, well, just, you know, I, I, I barely ate today. So now I can, you know, it's not calories in calories out. It has to do a lot with our hormones. It has to do a lot with our stress levels, our inflammation levels. Yeah. There's so many factors. Well, and it's interesting that you said stress. Like, I think, too, if you approach food constantly like, I shouldn't be eating this, or this isn't right, or this is whatever, like that famous book from, like, the 90s French women don't get fat, yes. <laughs> all over Oprah. But the whole idea behind it was don't exactly. stress about your food. If you want to have, you know, a six oysters, follow yes. it with a glass of wine, enjoy it, savor it, enjoy it, but yeah. don't approach it with guilt and stress and you know, all of these, all this resistance to begin with, because then you're not going to enjoy it. And then it's not going to be good in your body because it's not going to be received well in your body. Exactly. Because with stress, our cortisol levels go up. And then with cortisol, we want to hold on to all of our weight. So again, that's that healthy mentality of not stressing about the food, having everything in moderation. Um, yeah. And just, you know, understanding that everything in balance Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and I want to go back to what you said about the yeah. apples, because that's just so mind, mind blowing to me that, you know, uh, it, and that kind of ties into the next two questions. So yeah. because even if you're eating whole food and let's say you're eating all organic, non-GMO, yeah. you're really, really eating so clean, so healthy, should you still be supplementing with vitamins and minerals? So the thing is, um, I would love to say, I would really love to say, get everything from your diet, but today you can't because the quality of our soil is so depleted and so garbage, to be honest. And also we are all, as much as we want to say that, like, we're all dealing with our stress, we're living in the most stressful time right now. And when you're stressed, your body depletes all your vitamins and all your minerals. So you can't even eat to make up for the amount of of depletion that your body is going under during stressful times. So, so void soil of nutrients and stress will leave you super, super depleted. And that is why, um, 
you know, I do say that we do need to supplement some things because we can't get enough. I would say the majority of the population is all deficient in minerals, especially magnesium. And you can't get enough. And magnesium is critical for every single function in our body. Minerals are critical. Minerals are the spark to our cell. Minerals minerals are everything when it comes to our health. And we're, we're all mineral deficient. So... Which, yeah. if you look at the farming, makes sense, right? Because we're not yeah. eating, we're not growing our own things into like rich, yeah. beautiful soil, right? So we aren't getting any of the nutrients. And like, again, our stress, we are being depleted. And we also have to understand, again, everyone who had, you know, everyone's walking around with gut issues also then understand that then you're not, even if you have some sort of malabsorbency issue, you're not even getting the, the, the nutrients you think that you're eating. You could be eating the healthiest diet and thinking you're so healthy, but your body isn't absorbing any of those nutrients. Right. Yeah. So, um, well, and then speaking more to that, so like I think that we can both and everyone agree that like Canada's food guide from our youth with like the yeah. big, you know, arches yeah. <laughs> with the biggest one being yeah. so beige, yeah. um, which should be our biggest food group, which I think is, I think it needs, it definitely needs a little bit of an update. Oh, um, <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. And there, there were like posters all over school at elementary school, like eat all of the beige food. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> um, if you were to say sort of like a generic statement for, for most people, uh, what food group should people up their intake of? Um, okay. So I've basically changed my, okay. I, I'll, I changed my thought process over the years in terms of like what healthy eating means to me. But I think everyone's so bio-individual. Um, but I'll just tell you one point and then I'll tell you something that could could be universal. Mm-hmm. Okay, so universal, I obviously think that, I mean, in terms of feeding um, our gut and our feeding our good bacteria, I think that people should be eating, obviously, um, more fermented foods, mm-hmm. um, which have the good bacteria that can feed 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 our guys and also um prebiotic foods so prebiotic vegetables prebiotics which feed the good bacteria and just promote good gut health um if you want some examples of this prebiotics um like chicory root or leeks and onions and garlic and um uh, what else? So, so like, um, so like uh, things that grow underground almost. Yeah. Um, okay. so, so the, just feeding the good gut bugs, f- like feeding ourselves f- to feed our gut. And like, that's basically what we're looking for. So the thing that, that in terms of like w- what I've changed my stance on eating over the years is that I, you know, I grew up like semi-vegetarian. My parents were vegetarians, like kind of meat was looked down upon, um, But as I got older and like looked into, you know, my genetics and looked into, you know, maybe certain health issues that I was dealing with, I realized that I started to, I I needed to eat meat. Mm -hmm. And for myself, eating more organ meats was a huge deal because these are super bioavailable um, ingredients. That's your B vitamins, your vitamin A, your minerals, you can get so much bioavailability if you eat organ meats. And I'm talking like liver. Mm-hmm. And I know that's so gross to everyone. And you don't actually have to eat the liver. I actually started um, supplementing with um, beef liver capsules 
because it's basically nature's multivitamin. You are getting bioavailable nutrients that your body can recognize. And that's the thing about, you know, the foods that you eat, you want your body to get the most nutrient dense bioavailable nutrients to support your body. So I, I, I realized I had to start eating more meat and, you know, that came from, you know, me always being anemic and me always being tired. And I was not getting what I needed from a vegetarian diet to support my body. So I started eating meat. I started eating grass fed, you know, it has to be organic, has to be grass fed, but even steak, like before I would not even touch red meat. And I just realized that my energy levels and, you know, my, everything just started to balance out when I started to eat more meat. I will also tell you this, um, what we were told and what we were thought to think is bad grass-fed butter. Mm -hmm. Um, This is something that is super, super rich in something called butyrate, also very rich in vitamin A. Um, Butyrate actually feeds our um, gut, super good for our gut health. Um, So these are the things that like we were taught, like, oh, stay away from them, but they're actually Mm -hmm. super healthy for us. Awesome. So So grass-fed butter. Grass-fed butter, and which is one of my favorites. A couple times a week, grass-fed steak. Like mm-hmm. if you suffer from anemia or you suffer from, I mean, I'll tell you if you suffer from like hormone imbalance, you need more fats in your diet. So like those are obviously critical for that. Mm-hmm. But I had to start eating meat because also even me, I looked into my genetics and I actually have a gene that actually doesn't let me convert vitamin A, so beta carotene from. Um, vegetable sources to the active form um, vitamin A. So I became vitamin A uh, depleted just because of a genetic snip that I have that I didn't even know I had. Wow. That's so interesting. Yeah. And that you can do that through like blood analysis. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you can get like genetic testing done. Um, I did it through a company. Um, it's a, just a vitamin company called AOR and just look into your genes and just see, because yeah, there are certain genetic snips that like make you eat certain ways based on your genetics. So hmm, that's so mm-hmm. cool. Well, I know when mostly when I'm pregnant because I do, I'm yeah. more conscious of what I'm eating. Obviously, when I'm pregnant, I feel like um, I'm definitely more in tune to what my cravings are, but I'll have the most random cravings when I'm pregnant. Like, I'll really want, um, I, I, I'm not a huge cooked spinach fan, but I'm pregnant. I'll like crave cooked spinach or I'll crave um, dandelion with just like a little bit of lemon on it. <laughs> but do you want to know what's amazing though? That your body is literally telling you the nutrients that you want. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like that is literally your body. Like our bodies are so amazing. So those oh. cravings that you were just like, why is my body saying this? It's like, okay, well, yeah, this is what I need. Yeah. Or like, I really need some Wagyu beef. I, yeah. That's just what, that's what baby yeah. needs. Exactly. <laughs> need more iron, more B vitamins. Just, you know, just give it to me, especially mm-hmm. pregnant. Like you need the iron. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Well, I was, that was like yeah. a steak. I probably had at least once or twice a week, whenever both yeah. times I've been pregnant, I'm just like steak, bitter yeah. greens. And I'm not a huge fruit eater normally, but I really right. love fruit when I'm pregnant also. Yeah. So I, even that fruit when you're pregnant, like that's actually, I see a lot of people when they're pregnant, all of a sudden they're craving fruit, but then that's also like fruit is actually more, um, hydrating than drinking water. I don't people, oh. I don't think people understand that like a lot eating foods that are high in water are actually more hydrating to us than drinking water itself. 
That's so interesting because yeah. I, and I can tell when I'm stressed and I'm obviously a little stressed now yeah. because of, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. world. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. I have been drinking like three liters of water a day and I'm still yeah. parched. And I think yeah. it's because the water's just going through me because I'm so stressed that it's not even like absorbing anything. So maybe I need to add my fruit. Yeah. So that's a thing. I have a whole, I could go on and on about water, but, um, depending on the type of water that you're drinking, a lot of water actually is dehydrating to ourselves and doesn't actually hydrate us. Mm -hmm. So there's a certain type of water and it's called structured water. And it's actually water that gets to our cells. And, um, listen, this is obviously, I could keep going about this and maybe we'll have this conversation another time, but a lot of people are still dehydrated by drinking water. So like drink, so eat your foods high in water content because that is the best way to get water. That's awesome. Okay. I'm going to go buy a watermelon tomorrow. Yeah. Because I've been, I've definitely noticed in the last, uh, in the last week, I'm just like, I can't get enough water. Yeah. I can't, I'm so dehydrated. But well, also cool. that, can't get enough water, dehydration. I mean, I'm going to just, I'm not diagnosing you right now, but mm-hmm. I mean, we're all stressed and I'm finding, so when people are dealing with stress, they kind of deal with something that's called um, adrenal. Like they get stressed in their adrenals. Your adrenals are these two glands that sit on top of your kidneys. Um, they pump out your stress hormones. Mm-hmm. And when our adrenals kind of get, um, I guess, tired a little bit, um, we tend to get way more dehydrated than normal. So, I mean, stress is associated with dehydration because of that issue. So. Totally. And I've, I've had uh, adrenal fatigue before. Yeah. Um, so it, maybe that's, I should yeah, dive that's a little like, into As that. soon as someone tells me like I'm drinking so much water and don't feel hydrated and especially also like peeing all the time is mm-hmm. also, yeah. Yeah. It's literally just like going through me. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, and so if we're, if someone's intrigued now and they're like okay I need to start being more in tune would you say um it's time to go on a on a cleanse or how do you feel about cleanses in general uh okay typical cleanses I mean when people think of a cleanse they think of a juice cleanse or they think of you know something that's I don't know, like cleanse has gotten really a bad rep. Um, A cleanse is amazing. If you look at a cleanse as, Hey, I'm going to take out, you know, all the additives, I'm going to eat whole foods. I'm going to really pay particular um, attention to just eating from nature and no, not eating anything from a package and getting as nutrient dense food as I can in my diet. Like, yes, that, that is definitely something that, you know, I would say for someone to even not even look as a cleanse just to eat all the time. And maybe on the weekends you want to eat whatever else you want to eat, but like, that's really how we should be eating all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, but definitely, um, you know, when people come to me with like juice cleanses and stuff, I don't promote them because, um, you know, yes, the juice cleanse will give you a little bit of a break on your digestive system. So the, the reason for that is, you know, we're drinking juice. We don't have our digestive system doesn't need to work. Right. Mm -hmm. So definitely if you want to give your digestive system a break, juice cleanse can be okay. But someone who's looking, you know, for more just, you know, trying to feel better as a whole and they're not highly focused on the digestive system. You don't have to go to that extreme for a cleanse. So, you know, I look at a cleanse again, um, just really paying attention to whole foods and, you know, taking out all the toxicity, maybe alcohol for a little bit. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I love that. I think that's a definite shift in perception. I think when people, you say cleanse, people think, oh my God, I'm going to just exactly. drink water for four days. Exactly. But it's not. It's it's clean eating as opposed yeah. to cleansing, right? Yeah. And you know, for me though, with the cleanse is that, um, a lot of people are just so used to like grazing all the time. Mm -hmm. And that is like a big issue that we have because it leads to something called small bacterial overgrowth. And I find that so many people are dealing with this issue. And so when I put people on cleanses, the main thing I suggest, which like is just the best thing that you can do is at least go three hours between your meals because grazing is actually the worst thing you can do for your digestive system. Hmm. It doesn't give, so there's something called the migrating motor sweep. And this is um, this sweep that basically sweeps all the debris out of your system. And it's only active after two hours of not eating. So if you don't, if you can't go two hours without not eating this, this system stops working and you start to get bacterial overgrowth in the gut. You are literally blowing my mind and I'm sure the mind of everyone that has like a toddler or a kid because kids are constantly eating. And as a mom, you're like, oh, it's just like a handful of goldfish. It's just like two slices of apple. It's just, you know, a a few crumbs of with peanut butter on them or whatever. Like I'm constantly grazing because in the house, like I'm, I'm never not within arm's reach of food. So that's, that's mind blowing right now. So when I put someone on a cleanse, that's like the number one thing of saying, you know, even, you know, that, um, intermediate fast overnight, you stop dinner at maybe seven o'clock and you go that time because giving our digestive system a break is the repair mechanism. And during the day, it's the three hours between meals to make sure that we're sweeping the, the extra bacteria, the debris out of our digestive system. Wow. Okay. Well, and that was my next question was fasting. Like, how do you feel about intermittent fasting? Yeah. Um, so there, it depends on the person. Um, so intermediate fasting, it is definitely amazing for some people and definitely not amazing for other people. So, uh, the people who it is amazing for is the people who are in good health and who are looking to, um, again, uh, rev up their mitochondria. It's really good for, um, uh, something called autophagy, um, which actually helps us eliminate, um, dead cells, which are called zombie cells. So it's basically these cells in our body that are not wanted. And when you fast, um, our body actually is able to rid of them faster and easier. And it basically is an upgrade. Um, Mm. Yeah. So, and also really good for um, balancing our blood sugar levels and our insulin. It's very good to like deal with insulin resistance. It can get you out of an insulin resistant state. Um, I am a pro of fasting, but that only if your body is in optimal, you know, if you're not dealing with um, adrenal issues or hormone issues, because fasting can actually be detrimental for those who are already in a very stressed out state because fasting is a stress on the body. So it's called a hormetic stress, which means that a little bit of stress actually strengthens you. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's like, give me a little bit of stress to make me even stronger. But for those who are overly stressed, um, it's not good. So if you also, again, um, are dealing with, um, you know, uh, adrenal issues, um, like very, uh, like hormone issues, um, depends on the person in terms of who fasting is good for. But for me personally, I love it. And I make sure that I, um, 
you know, stop eating at a certain time during the night and I just do an overnight I, I do an overnight fast. I'm not the type of, you know, what? actually once a month I'll do a 24 hour fast, which kind of sounds insane, but like, it'll be like mm-hmm. on a Sunday, I will actually, I'll eat in the morning, but then I won't eat till the next day in the morning. So it's not like I had to go all day without eating. I'll just eat one meal that day. Yeah. But doing that once a month is, it's actually so amazing. And, um, fasting is known to like age us in reverse. It's, it's amazing. That's awesome. Well, and now I feel like maybe I should go a little easier on myself because obviously I'm already in a state of stress, but I've been so diligent about my intermittent fasting. Okay. So what do you do? I, well, I, I really notice a big difference in my, well, I used to notice a big difference in my body if I ate after 8 PM. So I've made a pretty hard line that I don't eat after eight and I don't eat the next day until like one but that's just because I've never been like a breakfast person but now that I'm like already in like stress and I'm already in like adrenal fatigue I need to be a little easier on myself maybe and have some fruit or something in the morning yeah I mean I would definitely (laughs) say stop eating at eight because everyone should because we need a couple hours before we go to bed to just like not be going to bed on an on a full stomach for Mm -hmm. sure but I would tell you one is a little I mean even put push it to like 11 or yeah, you got, if you're in a stress state, it's not good because it just, it, it just puts more pressure on your system. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, here's the thing when we wake up in the morning, the key of like where our health is at is to see if within the hour of waking up, if we naturally feel hungry mm-hmm. and if we don't, we could tell that we're dealing with, um, Number one, low stomach acid, because your stomach acid um, starts to, um, th- that, that is a signal to get you hungry, to produce enzymes, to get you hungry. Yeah. And a lot of people who just aren't hungry when they wake up in the morning for many, many hours, it's like you are running on stress hormones and, you know, that's a, that's a sign. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, I... I crawl to the coffee machine, which I'm, I'm yeah. making an effort to not do that. Like I try and have a big glass of water beside the bed. So I have that yeah. first thing in the morning yeah. and I've been making a more mindful effort to spend, you know, five minutes sitting on the couch before the kids get up and just yeah. not crawling to the coffee machine. Cause I was doing that for months on end yeah. um, and try and just like see where my body was at before I started, you know, chugging back coffee. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that's so interesting about, cause I, I'm not hungry. I don't, like yeah. sometimes I look up and I'm like, okay, I'm starting to get hungry, but it's like 1130. Yeah. I mean, see that in there. I mean, and even, you know, it's a vicious cycle that we also, we go to the coffee mm-hmm. and that is also like, you know, dealing with our cortisol levels. And, um, yeah, I mean, we all, I think that this is something that we all struggle with and it's just like be more mindful to realize that, you know, especially if we are in a stress state, like how we're taking care of ourselves in just like these little habits, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. And you know, there, there's a coffee that I love to promote to everyone. I'll mm-hmm. just say it on here uh, that I've actually got all my clients to switch on in terms of like dealing with stress and, you know, hormonal imbalances or high cortisol. And um, there's this coffee that's this, um, it's called organo um, Rishi coffee. Okay. And the, um, it's, 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 it's organic coffee, but it's got reishi mushroom added to it. And reishi is an adaptogen, which means that it helps your body adapt to stress. And it actually prevents the cortisol spike that normal coffee would give you. And it actually helps tame your stress rather than adding to it with 
at with, with the coffee. So a lot of people, I suggest if you are a coffee drinker, but you are already a stressed out person, but still love your coffee and won't give that habit up. I suggest you either, I mean, reach out to me because I can hook you up with the, mm-hmm. with an account for this, th- this coffee, because I am obsessed. And, um, I've just seen so much like the difference in all my clients, just even saying that like their, you know, their stress levels have depleted like drastically just by drinking this coffee that's awesome yeah Yeah, I definitely need that because I I try some days I'm like you know what I'm going to try not to have coffee because I do notice the especially by the second cup of the day I'd have a jitteriness and a little bit of anxiety um but with the two kids like I can't be falling asleep at the park (laughs) so I need the caffeine I get that but then but then understand the vicious cycle that you're on right now right like falling asleep at the park so right away we know like your cortis sorry your um circadian rhythm and your cortis cortisol, um, you know, our cortisol gets is, um, it, it, it spikes at one point and then it goes lower. And then a lot of the times when people are having those, you know, mid afternoon slump, you need coffee to stay awake. Well, it's like what getting to the root cause of why do I need coffee in the afternoon? Why are my cortisol levels plumbing plummeting when they shouldn't be? Because we cortisol actually gives us our energy production throughout the day. And when our um, you know, that line is off. And when we're off on that, we'll get those afternoon slumps and then we need coffee mm-hmm. to substitute it. So, I mean, it's then again saying, okay, maybe I don't need that coffee, but what is actually the root cause, root cause of me being so tired at four o'clock in the afternoon? Yeah. Well, and speaking again of being pregnant, I don't drink coffee when I'm pregnant yeah. because it affects me so much, yeah. but then I don't need it. Because yeah. my body is better at regulating. So yeah. after, you know, my first cup of coffee, I usually have to sort of like weed my way back onto coffee because if I go from not drinking coffee for nine months and then have a coffee, I'm like wired. Whereas yeah. if I have like even a tea, I'm like up all night because I haven't had caffeine in so long because it yeah. is a drug. And I think that people yeah. forget that, right? Yeah. It's a drug. Um, and I mean, we could have a whole discussion about coffee as well. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone metabolizes uh, coffee differently depending on the state of their liver. And there's two liver phase detoxes where, you know, someone who could drink a coffee and not feel it at all, or someone who gets really anxious off a of coffee. So that has to do with like the, the different d- detox pathways in your liver and how you're actually metabolizing it. So you could actually tell someone's detox, how they're detoxing by how they can actually tolerate tolerate coffee that's so interesting well i know my husband like he can have a coffee before bed and be fine like i mean okay so his phase one (laughs) liver detox is good but then his phase two might be a little slow so i could Mm -hmm. i could already see what's going on with i i'm actually the same i can literally drink coffee before bed and i'm just like maybe that's an issue because if you realize that you could drink coffee before bed but that's how you metabolize every drug then Mm -hmm. meaning that actually so it might take more of like any type of drug to affect him Mm -hmm. you know like advil or whatever like versus like someone else so Mm -hmm. yeah whereas me is if i have like a diet coke at like 5 p.m i'm going to bed at like 1 a.m yeah. Okay. Well, and I want to talk more about your parasite cleanse because I think this is so interesting. So um, if you were to give someone like a little overview of it, which you're not, you're running one right now, like shortly yes. one starts next week. So if people are interested to sign up for October, um, yes. what does it sort of like entail? Okay. So I felt very passionate to get this cleanse out because a lot of people, um, didn't really want to spend the money to work with me one-on-one. And I was like, well, I should get a cleanse out there if they don't have the money, because this is, a 
root cause issue that everyone needs to deal with and be able to do it for, I mean, yes, there are supplements involved that you have to buy, but just more cheaper than working with me one-on-one. So feel very passionate about this. Um, In terms of the parasite cleanse, um, it entails, um, basically we're going to go through a diet that um, will basically starve out the parasites. So parasites feed on things like sugar and processed carbs, you know, um, all the foods that we, that are terrible for us, parasites actually feed on that food Mm -hmm. and they actually create an enzyme in our body that actually makes us crave those foods as well. So people dealing with sugar addiction and and um, even binge eating disorders, um, a lot of the times a root cause is parasites. Hmm. So just a note on that. Um, So the cleanse involves um, a very healthy diet plan that will help starve out the parasites. Um, Also goes into um, a lot of different detox protocols. So we are working on all our detox organs during the cleanse because we need them to help us detox these parasites when we kill them. So we're basically um, working on the liver and our lymph system and our colon and are even working on a cellular level. Uh, We're working to um, get our mitochondria to produce enough energy to actually help us detox on the deepest levels possible. So when people think detox, they think, oh, I'm going to the washroom, I'm detoxing, but that's not all of it. So detox has to do with how all these organs are working, how your liver is processing toxins, how our lymph is moving the toxins through our system, how our, um, how our cells and our um, mitochondria are producing the energy to detox. So we work on all those systems to help um, detox um, all the toxicity out of our body because uh, parasites, when they die, they actually hold on to they can actually hold eight times their weight in toxicity. So they actually eat our toxins. So a toxic terrain is like the, the, is, is, is the best terrain that a parasite can ask for because they eat all our toxicity and they thrive in that environment. So when they eat all our toxicity, they're full of heavy metals, they're full of um, all toxins. Um, And when we uh, kill these guys, we have to get these guys out because they're pulling out all those toxicities with us. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is um, how we guide you through in our cleanse of how to deal with, um, you know, you might have something called a Herx reaction, which means that all these toxins are being dumped and if if your detox organs aren't um, working properly, you might feel very sick. And that's why doing a parasite cleanse that's not guided is actually dangerous. Um, And that's where I come in, in terms of guiding you with these parasite cleanses. And we have a group community uh, that helps guide you throughout it. Um, Yeah, it's a seven day cleanse. Um, You will see a lot of weird things come out of you. And I'm talking when people think parasites, they think, oh, you're just going to see worms coming out. But we have to understand that parasites are, you know, we have things that come out of our liver. They're called liver flukes. They look like little jelly bugs. You know, there's, there's weird, we have rope worms that come out of us. We have 
Some parasites can live in us for 20 years without ever being detected 20 years. Okay. So think about a parasite living in us for 20 years, eating all our nutrients and leaving us nutrient depleted, which then leads to disease. So that is why parasite cleansing, I actually recommend it to my clients twice a year, no matter how many symptoms you're dealing with, we all need to parasite cleanse at least twice a year because you know, parasites are everywhere. They're in unwashed produce. We can get them by walking barefoot in sand. We can get them by, um, you know, um, letting our dogs kiss us. Letting our kids kiss us. Those kids are filthy. Yeah, letting our kids kiss us. Um, And even talk about kids. I mean, I take mothers with their children. I help parasite cleanse their children because um, a lot of kids with um, uh, skin issues, that stems from parasites. So, um, yeah, we can even parasites the kids as well. I but, remember being a kid yeah. and my mom being like, you, you guys have parasites. You're like, my brother was never full. And she's like, that's parasites. That's parasites. And being like, okay, you're crazy mama. But Oh, that's the thing. If you're never full, that's parasites. Yeah. Crazy. So they actually mess up also your hunger signals. So the, um, uh, the signal that makes you feel full, which signals to your brain, I'm full, don't, I don't need any more food. Yeah. They, they, they skew that signal and they skew a lot of things. They skew our neurotransmitters. They leave us feeling depressed and anxious. And, um, yeah. So anyways, the parasite cleanse is over the full moon. And the reason for that is that parasites are the most active during the full moon. And I know this is like, very sounds very, very weird, but our serotonin levels go up during the full moon and parasites are attracted to high levels of serotonin. And so they kind of come out to play and our melatonin levels drop during the full moon, which means that our immune systems drop during the full moon. So we're more prone to, again, parasite invasion because our immune system is what keeps them at bay. So, um, there's a whole theory around it, but, um, around the full moon is the best time to kill them. So it's a seven day cleanse and it's pretty straightforward. Um, basically you're taking a bunch of herbals and the one main thing that, that is the most amazing thing that has to do with the cleanse is we take these things called binders and these binders are made of, um, fulvic and humic acids. Actually that they come from volcanic ash. Wow. And these are um, amazing ingredients that actually help to bind on to bacteria and parasites and foreign material in the body and actually bind it out of our bodies. And um, I swear by these binders, I have healed so many of my health conditions by just using binders. Because if you think about any, let's say, gut issue, and you have to realize that any type of gut issue, you have overtoxicity in the gut, overproduction of things like ammonia and all these toxins that these bacteria are releasing. If you take a binder, it helps bind it out of your body. So I know we were talking about like brain fog and um, how you said you felt more clear when you were on a cleanse and well, you will also feel more clear by taking something like binders to help bind up that toxicity. So that's like a major thing. Yeah. That's one of the major products that I love that we use in the cleanse. And honestly, the cleanse is I've, it's the first start to getting well. So that was like the first thing I was using on my clients in terms of they would work with me long-term over the, over the months. And I would always start all my clients with parasite cleansing. So I just figured, I'm like, I need to bring this out to people too, who don't want to work with me one-on-one because it's just something that is critical. 
critical. That's awesome. And I was on the website and I love the website. It's so beautiful. Um, and it said if maybe like if you weren't quite ready then to recommend the yes. drainage journey. Can you talk us to a, us a little bit about that? Yes. Um, so at first we just put out the parasite cleanse and then we realized that everyone who was interested had a lot of issues going on. And mm-hmm. we realized, well, I mean, I knew this before, but I wasn't thinking about it before I put my parasite cleanse out was that we always have to focus on drainage before we go in for the kill. Mm-hmm. So again, I was mentioning how we were, you know, supporting our liver and supporting all our detox organs before going in there to kill anything. Because let's say you're not going to the washroom. Mm-hmm. You can't go do a parasite cleanse if you can't eliminate what we're trying to get out of you, right? right. Mm-hmm. So if we're not working on the colon or if we're not working on your bile flow, so um, our bile is produced in the liver. Um, if our liver gets stagnated from toxicity, we don't produce enough bile. And bile is what basically flows through our system and works as an antimicrobial sweep through our entire system. If our bile stops flowing, we, we become overly toxic and our entire system starts to shut down. Everything starts showing up for us. We get itchy skin, acne, digestive issues. So the, the drainage cleanse starts on working on all those pathways before we go in for a deeper kill with the parasite cleanse. So it's actually a month long. It works on all the detox organs and it just works on a deep rooted level of let's get these organs working um, so that when we do go in there with some herbals that are going to kill, that we can actually metabolize the toxins and get everything moving and get everything out of the body so that we limit the reactions that you're going to get during a parasite cleanse. Cause we all get reactions. You know, you'll notice that maybe your skin's more itchy um, because we are purging stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't want to, we don't want to go into a, a parasite cleanse and have, you know, some people who aren't ready to go in the cleanse and they don't do the drainage cleanse, they feel so sick and you can actually get more sick because if those, the toxicity has nowhere to go, you'll get more sick. It's just recirculating. Right. So we put out a drainage cleanse because we were like, this is the prep that people need to make sure that all of these detox organs are working. And it's an amazing like I, I did my drainage cleanse personally. I did it for three months straight, the same, the same cleanse for three months. Cause I, I needed to heavy work on all those organs. Yeah. So I just stayed on that because I was like, you know, my, I had a congested liver and I just needed that to everything to be working. That's awesome. Well, and I think that sometimes we under, um, we undervalue the prep work. And I know yeah. just from like the few cleanses that I've done and I mean, before kids, I would do at least two or three a year. And um, if I ate really clean and really healthy and started like cutting back on my caffeine and cutting back on all these different and booze and meat and all those different things before the intense cleanse, Mm -hmm. um, I felt so much better and supported during the cleanse. But if I went from like literally, you know, coffee, wine and meat, and then the next day just cut out everything cold turkey... I'd have headaches. I'd have migraines. I'd feel sluggish. I felt like I was with having a a legit withdrawal. And yeah, that is the withdrawal. That is your body being like, I don't even know how to deal. And now I'm getting rid of so much toxicity 
that I'm going to, I'm going to show up as all these symptoms. Uh-huh. So, um, prep work is, you know, just to make it a little bit easier and more enjoyable. And again, just on a deeper rooted level, get your body systems working before we can go in for the kill. Awesome. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm all in, of course. Yeah. Honestly, like, <laughs> I'm so excited about this cleanse because you know, the feedback I get, obviously, like it is the best you know, if you're trying to just prep yourself to, you know, it's been a long year. I'm sure all of us, you know, we've all went through a period of like, it's been, you know, the whole winter is like, what was our joy this year? Like eating food yeah. was the only joy mm-hmm, I, I would exactly. say. And I've had so many people come to me being like, I need a reset because it's been a year of just, you know, letting go. Like, totally. and, and, that, and that's been everyone's thing. So we're so excited about this cleanse because it is literally the first step to, you know, any type of issue that you're dealing with, no matter what type of health issue, this is where it begins. That's so awesome. So for people that are like, okay, I'm intrigued, but I need to make smaller steps first. What would you say is sort of like your recommendation for someone first starting like, okay, they're stepping off the cookie and wine and sourdough track that we're all on. (laughs) And it's like, I want to start living better and being a little bit healthier. What would say would be like their first step? Yeah. So my first step is one ingredient foods. Stop buying anything in a package is my number one thing. Make meals with one ingredient foods. So huge. that is huge. Packaged foods just have the preservatives, have the additives. Those are toxins that you want to leave out of your system. They make your body work harder. You don't need them. So one ingredient foods is like my number one thing. Um, obviously, elimination of you know sugar because even right now we're all trying to stay healthy. Sugar dampens the immune system, and I mean, go to just the natural sources of sugar. No one's saying that you you know your life has to be boring, but there are many natural approaches to what you can go do to sweeten stuff up. Um, sugar is huge. Um, also I would say, um, looking at your, the ways that your body detoxes and making sure that you're doing those things daily. So number one, we sweat and that's your lymphatic system. And we release so many toxicities out of our skin. So if you're not sweating, you know, a couple times a week, that is something that you're missing out on in terms of like where you eliminating the stuff in your body that shouldn't be there. Um, sweating is huge. And then I also tell people, you know, lymphatic system is huge. Lymphatic system is connected to, you know, it's our entire immune system. Our lymphatic system is our waste system. So things like dry brush, dry brushing, um, you know, before you get in the shower every day, dry brush to make sure that lymph is moving. Um, also move your body, move the lymph. Um, what else? Um, yeah. I mean, again, and then the huge thing that I would say in terms of, you know, just getting ourselves healthy would be to, um, get out in nature a little bit more and get in the sun because the sun is medicine. And every single day I make sure that, I mean, the clients that I work with, I tell them to get sun at at least in the morning, um, morning sun on the retina. It actually sets your, um, hormones and your circadian rhythm for the day and helps to produce serotonin. If you get um, morning sun in your eyes, which means that you'll produce more melatonin at night. So you'll be, you'll be able to sleep better at night because serotonin turns to melatonin. Mm -hmm. So sun in the morning, no sunglasses, 15 minutes, 
do that, set your day and also sun, um, um, before, um, at sunset 15 minutes. And honestly, like these are just little small things in terms of what you can do to reset everything in your body. It'll reset your hormone system. It will get you sleeping better. It'll, um, lower your stress hormones. Um, and right now I think the major thing is just like, making people aware of their stress levels and um, realizing that we have to get to the basics to take care of ourselves. And the basics are, you know, drinking clean filtered water, um, being around um, like-minded individuals and having a community around us where we can feel safe and our nervous system can feel regulated. Mm-hmm. That is the basis for health. Um, eating, um, obviously getting the sun, which I just mentioned, but eating, um, you know, organic whole foods, um, sleeping well, um, those are, I mean, this is all free stuff that people can do without even putting money into their health. Right. Um, yeah. I love that. And I mean, if you think about it really, like if you think, okay, you're going to an all-inclusive for a week, what's the first thing you do in the morning? You go out onto the balcony or you go out onto the beach and you, you enjoy the sunrise. You let the sun bathe you for at least 15 minutes. And what do you do at the end of the night? You watch a sunset, maybe with a glass of Prosecco, but these are the things that you're doing and you're you sleep Arguably, like a baby after you sleep that. You like a baby, too. yeah. And you yeah. wake up. You wake up with the sun because you've had yeah. this great night of sleep. And yeah. um, like you said, it's those are the free things that we can do every day. If you have yeah. sun on your face at the beginning of the day, then you what you know yeah. it can only go up the hill from there. You know, like it's that's magic. I, and I also just think again, like um, just a note to take is that um, just getting like closer to nature, like putting your bare feet on the ground actually gives us electrons that actually, they, they lower inflammation in the body. They do like being close to nature has so many health benefits on us that people don't even realize. And that is why, yes, you go on vacation, you feel so good, but it's like, why do you feel so good? What am I doing? And what does that do to my body? Putting your feet in the, on the ground, putting your feet in the sand, why does that feel so good putting my bare feet on the ground? Like there are, there are science, scientific data that comes out of being close to nature. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think you're so far removed. And I think this whole year has also skewed everyone because we're all sitting inside watching our TV, all afraid. And, you know, what happens to our health in that, in that sense, right? Totally. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm at the park at least once a day with the kids and I always make, I have now made an effort to take my shoes off and walk around in the grass with them. And it feels so good. Yeah, And just like everyone needs to, even if you live in downtown in a city, there is a park near you, take off your shoes. Let's normalize walking around parks. I I just don't think people, you know, everyone is so out of touch. Like we are, it's, I think it's very sad. So I actually escaped, um, a couple months ago, I went to Tulum, like right at, like, I guess the pandemic is not even over, but mm-hmm. I escaped to Tulum and, you know, that was me just in a stressed state and going on this vacation and being by the beach. I can't even tell you how reset my nervous system got just by lying on the beach for one day. Mm-hmm. Like it was like a night and day of me being like, I haven't been able to catch my breath mm-hmm. for an entire year. And like, I have, I've totally reset my nervous system. Like it was, 
it was, I mean, the trip was amazing. Like, thank God I got on that trip. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, who, who knows when we're yeah. going to see planes again? I, yeah. I just joke yeah. with my husband. I'm like, I'm going to be on a plane again one day, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm going to see the ocean. Like, promise me I'm going to see the ocean again. He's like, yes, don't yes. worry. <laughs> I mean, let's just like stay positive, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. how can people get at you? What is your yeah. website? What is your, what are your social handles? Yes. So, um, my social handle is the potent plant and my website right now for the potent plant is under construction. Like I mentioned earlier, it's Mm -hmm. not even up. Um, but that all had to do with me being like, I need to take professional photos and I hate taking photos. So that is the only reason why my website (laughs) is not up is because I'm like, I hate my face. I don't even want to be up on my website. (laughs) So that's not up yet, but it will be up soon. And I mean, I take all my clients through my, um, my IG handle, like everyone DMs me and then we just get in contact through email through that. Mm -hmm. So anyone can email me or, um, just DM me on my handle there. Um, but I also have, um, what I do the cleanse through, I started, um, a side company with, my friend Louise, it's called the real heel. And we kind of just put our heads together and we're like, let's just create a community and put some cleanses and put some knowledge out there. So I started something called the real heel with her. And, um, you can actually go on that website because we got that up right away because she is a technology queen and she put up (laughs) within literally half an hour. Like no joke. She's like, I built us a website. And I was like, I don't even have my own personal website up and it's been like a year. So that's great. Anyway, so the real heal is where you can, if you're interested in um, doing what the drainage cleanse or being a part of the parasite cleanse, we have all that up on there. And um, yeah, it's www. The um, uh, what is that? Hyphen. Yeah, is it a what is that slash lunch? Uh, I don't. Therealheal.com. <laughs> I'll w- link it w- in the w- show notes. The slash real doc. Yeah. Dot com. Something, something like that. But also if you can't find it, then just DM me on Instagram and we can go from there. Well, and I love your, uh, the potent plant. Like you put so much information. Like if I miss one of your stories, I'm like, Oh my God, what did I miss? Like there's, (laughs) it's so chock full of fantastic information. I'm constantly like, if, if one of the kids is like pulling me somewhere, I'm like screenshotting. Okay. I'm going to read that later because I don't want to miss that. Oh my God. Um, That means so much to me. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm honestly like, I'm intrigued by things. So I'm like, if I think something's cool, I'm like, I just want everyone to know, know about it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just always researching and always reading books. So I'm just trying to put out all that information that I'm learning myself. Totally. Well, and I'm sure that comes from, like, I'm sure your parents had so many natural health books around growing up. So I remember flipping through those when I was a kid. And now I'm like going back to them and being like, Mama, do you have that book with like the face on the cover? And it was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. I just recently went to my mom's and she moved and she had a whole box of books. And I literally took like, at least 10 books from her. And back in the day, I would have never, like I would have, I made fun of, you know, it's actually so wild. My mom, I am a mirror of my mom. Like she actually was a herbalist. She, you know, she did all the things that I thought she was so weird when I was growing up and I, Mm -hmm. I've become her. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Yeah, I stole all her books and they're amazing. Even though they're like so old school, they're still all amazing. Yeah, they're fantastic and the old diagrams. Yeah. Well, what's funny is um my one of my aunts said a couple of years ago, um like my one of my dad's sisters was saying, you know, we used to always make fun of your mom with her like almond milk and her quinoa and all of yeah. that like in the 80s and early 90s and she goes and look at us all now. Now yeah. we're, now we're just getting on the train. Your mom is like driving the train. Are your parents still they're still all in the health food? Um, probably not as much as they used to be, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, not, and it was never really so much my dad. It was definitely like my mom sort of steering the ship. And like, we always had a juicer growing up. Like we always had fresh carrot juice and apple juice for singing in the morning or celery juice. And, um, now I look back and I'm like, I, I literally had celery juice, like so many, like for months on end and years wow. when I was a kid. And now I'm like, and now That's I'm back luxury. on that tip. Your parents gave me <laughs> celery juice. Do you know how long that takes to make and how, like, I, I would, I was actually on the celery juice train. I did it for like three months straight when like the medical medium came out with the whole Mm -hmm. celery juice thing. And every time I had to wash the juicer, I was like, I hate this. Mm -hmm. It is so time consuming, but like a luxury if someone else is doing it for you. Totally. Well, and I remember doing like when I was like seven or eight, my mom doing it. Which is so funny. That's amazing. And now we don't have a juice. We have a, we have a blend tech, but for a while, like Ronan and we, when Rome would sometimes have like a little bit of it as well. Um, yeah. we were on it for a few months. Like we were so into it, but we had a juicer. So I literally had to juice it and then strain it. So I was cleaning the oh juicer God. and a strainer every so morning. Like the work. <laughs> and I was like, this is so annoying, but I need to get yeah. back. I need to get a juicer and get back on it. Cause oh, I definitely, I, every single day good. I'm like, I feel like I want to start doing the celery juice again, because honestly, I felt amazing on it. Like mm-hmm. I, I committed to it with one of my friends and both me and her three months. And, but then I got lazy and I was like, I can't wash this anymore. I'm whatever. But every day I'm like, I want to start this again, but I haven't done it yet. Yeah. I need to, I think we should commit to each other. We'll, we'll yeah. pick a day in the future. We'll do it. Like, <laughs> and every time I'm at the grocery store too, I see like um, the celery on sale is like, is today the day that I'm going to start? And yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of my girlfriends lives in the States and she has a Costco near her and the yeah. amount of organic celery she can buy for like dollars is crazy. Okay, but do you remember? Oh, okay. Maybe you don't because when this whole celery phase came out, um, the, the, uh, all the grocery stores were back ordered on celery. They couldn't keep it in because everyone was on the celery. Mm-hmm. And then the, the prices of celery, like organic celery got up to like five ninety nine, six ninety nine, And I would pay that price because I was so addicted to it that I would be paying $6 a day to make my drink. And they were hacking the prices up because everyone wanted it. Like the demand yeah. was there. Yeah. I remember because it was, um, this was what, like three or four yeah. years ago, right? Yeah. And I would go to Farm Boy and I was like, you guys still don't have a good... And they're like, you have to come first thing in the morning because people come and they buy, they'll buy like 10 because yeah. it's one whole stock, right? It's one whole yeah. um, heart yeah. or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Well, hopefully the price of celery has gone down a little bit. So well, we it can has. Start doing I'm it. seeing it like three ninety nine, dollars which is amazing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. I've had so much fun and I feel like that was class was in session that was one-on-one yeah so much information thank you so much you're welcome thank you so much for having me on here and again so good to catch up with you and I could have gone on with I mean I, I could talk forever but I'm glad that we just kept it like 
I mean, not so short and sweet, but we got what we needed, right? Yeah. And maybe yeah. we could do, um, maybe we can do another one. I'll have you back in the future. Yes. That would be amazing. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to wrap it up with just some silly rapid fire questions meant to be sure. silly and like a little bit cheeky. So okay. anyone listening, don't take it too personal. <laughs> Are you game? <laughs> okay. How do you feel about Drug Mart brand vitamins and supplements? Absolutely terrible. Do not buy any Shoppers Drug Mart brands. Any quality line of supplements will not sell their their stuff to shoppers. They're full of fillers and they will harm you more than they will do good to you. Do not shop there. Good to know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, what is your favorite vitamin or supplement? Um, okay. So, I mean, I have two right now and I would, I mean, I would told you before, um, I love taking beef liver capsules Mm -hmm. and I use that as just like a multivitamin because they're just full of nutrients and bioavailable, um, sources of all the nutrients that we, that all my organs need to function and also super good for your immune system. And, um, for your moods, like B vitamins and iron, super bioavailable. So I should, I tell everyone to take beef liver capsules. It's so good. Awesome. Oh, wait. Um, and my second one, uh, I forgot. Yeah. So yeah. So my second one is right now I'm obsessed with, um, this brand called Salcor. Um, but the product that I'm obsessed with is their CT minerals, um, which are bioactive minerals. And I mentioned before that we are all deficient in minerals, especially being stressed and with our soil depletion, um, and minerals have 300 enzymatic uh, processes. They do in our body. They are the spark to our cell. So with out minerals, we cannot function and our health deteriorates. So I'm, I do minerals every single day. That's awesome. Um, and the side note, step away from the rapid fire questions for a minute um, about the drug mart. I know that there is so many different vitamins that you need to go through a practitioner for. Um, and you know, you're just not going to get that level of vitamin at, uh, at the grocery store or so where you buy your Neutrogena, you're not going to get that. No, we <laughs> okay. need a professional line. And honestly, the more I look into supplements, the more garbage there is out there. And you have to understand that these non-medicinal ingredients that are found in these supplements, if you're taking them every day, that's accumulative. And there's a lot of garbage in there. So you got to be aware. Awesome. Well, even if we get one person to stop buying Shoppers Brand, and you know who you are if you're listening, yeah. <laughs> start buying better vitamins. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, number one thing people can do to improve their overall health. I think we talked a lot about that, but um, yeah, um, I would just say maybe I will give you two things. I would say make uh, make sure that you're getting enough sleep and make a bedtime routine because sleep equals all our entire health. Um, so bedtime routine, do not go on your phone after eight 30 at night, um, avoid blue light. Don't eat late at night. Um, make sure that your room is cool, dark blackout blinds. Sleeping is so important. Make sure you do all of those things. Mm -hmm. And then I would also say, um, the next thing is, um, drinking quality water. And that means making sure that you get a really good um, water filter and um, being aware that they, if you don't have a water filter, you become the filter. And there is so many toxins in our water. Um, and it's, I mean, I'm just seeing so many health issues arise from people who drink tap water. So you got to drink a really good quality t- water with filter. 
And, and, and people don't realize that a Brita is not good enough. So I could go more into that, but. Well, we well, should do a water episode. Yeah. I think that's <laughs> so powerful. If you aren't drinking filtered water, you are yeah. the filter. Like yeah. that is, that's huge. Yeah. Huge. Okay. Um, if you could wish one food item or drink that didn't exist for health reasons, what would it be? Uh, if it's wishing it didn't exist, I would just say, um, just the genetically modified foods that are now, I mean, if you look at the biggest crops, it's like corn, soy, cotton, all of the beets, and then all these ingredients are added to our foods in a GMO source. And I'm not about the GMOs. Um, so I would say all of the, the genetically modified practices needs to need to go fully. Okay. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite food indulgence? Uh, okay. So, I mean, all in all, my favorite food, I love carrot cake, mm. <laughs> like with the cream cheese icing, like I uh, love carrot cake so much. If I could choose anything, I would be eating carrot cake along with that. I also love, um, this is like also like, I mean, it's healthy, but it's like my favorite thing in the world. I get these like huge fresh dates and I stuff, um, peanut butter in front within the dates. And I put, um, a pecan in the middle of that. And I put them in my fridge and these are just like these like bite size. Yes, it's healthy, but like, it's still my favorite thing in the entire world. I could eat like I could eat, yeah, endless amounts of them. So good. You are maybe like the third or fourth person that have told me that, and I haven't done it yet, but it sounds so good. But if you're going to do that, you also have to get fresh ground peanut butter to stuff them in. Okay. So it's like fresh ground peanut butter. Yeah, so good. It tastes, it kind of tastes, honestly, it tastes like a healthy version turtles. (gasps) Oh my God, that's my favorite. I was just saying that to my kids today in the bath. I was like, "Mm, I love turtles. And then it's like, what, what? I'm like, it's it's Christmas. No, it's a healthy version turtle. (laughs) And like, honestly, you feel like you are eating a turtle. Mm, Okay, awesome. Okay, good. And do that ASAP. Um, Apple or pineapple? Um, I would say pineapple. Uh, Do you prefer to dine indoors or al fresco? Um, alfresco is, I mean, outdoors. Outside, yes. outside, yes. yes. Okay. All right. Um, yes, definitely outdoors. If the weather's nice, always on a patio, love the sun. Awesome. Do you prefer to host or be a guest? Honestly, I love hosting. Um, I am the person who love, I'm always the person who would have people over and, um, be doing the cooking and, you know, even barbecuing. Um, I don't have it anymore, but I had a barbecue and I would, always invite people over for barbecues. I, yeah, I'm a master at barbecuing. Awesome. Uh, Favorite food moment from a movie or TV show? Um, Okay. That would probably be, I mean, something that just stuck out for me was like, maybe in like Eat, Pray, Love, you know, when she's eating the pizza and she's just like, I don't give a shit how, how, how my jeans fit. Like that is a moment that I, you know, I, I, I become that when I actually go and I, me and my friends travel to Europe every year. And, you know, I always have watched what I eat when I'm home and whatever. But when I go to Europe, I have the mentality of, I just want to enjoy this moment. And that is something that in Eat, Pray, Love, I'm just like, oh my God, that is me. Where you're just like, I don't care. I'm never getting this moment back. I need to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that pizza nut scene is yeah, so good. Yes. yes. Okay. Awesome. And then lastly, if you were to pick a food to describe your personality, what would it be? Um, okay. 
This might be a hard one. I might go with an easy answer right now, but I would definitely say something like chocolate because it goes with everything. It gets along with everything. It is super sweet. No, you can't get enough of it. Um, yeah, I would just say like, who doesn't love chocolate, right? Awesome. I'd love it. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sarah. I had so much fun tonight. Yeah, that was an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. Okay. Well, have a great night. You too. 